Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, and you're listening to the Tour Coach Podcast. These are a collection of conversations, roundtable discussions, interviews with friends, people I meet, people I teach, folks that come to see us, people that I teach with, respect and admire all from around the world of golf. If you're a golf nut, a golf junkie, you love golf instruction, or maybe you just want a little entertainment, you're in the right place. We've got over 200 conversations out there available for you now on the Tour Coach, and I'm excited as we head into 2024. Our goal is to bring you more content each and every week and help all of you enjoy and play the game of golf better. Special thanks to my sponsors that have all been with me for such a long time. Thanks to McConnell Automotive, Mitch McConnell and the folks at McConnell Automotive, and the folks at Bushnell Golf. Couldn't do any of it, especially pro work without them. Vineyard Vines, keeping us looking good and always taking care of us at all the retreats. And, of course, Shrixon and Cleveland Golf and the folks there, whether it's Chip Holcomb, Eddie Dry, Mason Prang, Noel Zavada, Roddy McDonald, all of them, everybody that has uh, in, been part of our journey with Shrixon Cleveland Golf for over 23 years, I believe it is now. So, uh, And also want to welcome one of the new sponsors to the do sweepers and the tour coach podcast and that would be visor skin care and our folks uh the franklins who are been do sweepers and fans of us for a long time and it is by far the best skin care and sunscreen out there uh, so make sure you check them out as well and hope you enjoy this season of the tour coach and what we've got going on we're looking forward to bringing you some great stuff and enjoy this conversation here on the tour coach brad thanks for coming i've had the to work with you a couple times with some players recently one of my corn fairy guys came out um emilio uh gonzalez and over the years we've worked together a few times so it was kind of cool we've been trying to do this actually for six eight months that's right find time that's match right. schedule so appreciate you coming out i mean the take us through i've always thought coming up playing golf and being around great teachers like that i've always thought putting is a little bit of an art and that i i've cringed at times watching people get so mechanical that that it looks right. like they're frozen and one thing i've always liked I, I remember seeing some videos from you one time sitting at a bar around here i mean but what, you showed me some pictures of rory one of the first times you did some stuff with him and i was always impressed by how you made putting athletic and more reactionary Yes. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on putting and, and kind of go from there. Okay. Well, I, I know you have a big weekend of instruction. I don't want to confuse you, but um, I, I just want to tell you a few of the things that I do when I help players, whether they're beginner golfers, intermediate golfers, and some of the best in the world. Um, I think it might be – I grew up in Rhode Island uh, on an old Donald Ross course called Rhode Island Country Club. Um, I started my golfing life as a caddy at this club, and – the first day I ever caddied, I went up to this club. Um, I didn't get out because I was new. I ended up what we call shagging golf balls for Mr. Anderson, which was cardiovascular exercise. I had a helmet and a plucker. Uh, half an hour later, I made a buck and a quarter and uh, bought a, a Coke and a pack of crackers and netted out 75 cents for eight hours and got my first paycheck in the game. But what it did help me with is I got better as a caddy was reading the greens and we here at old palm have a great caddy system Mm -hmm. um, that can help you to find out where you have to start the golf ball but i learned on greens early on a saturday or sunday morning and watching balls roll and seeing the dew line that the ball left um, as it did its path and i've kept that 
in my mind for every single putt that I've hit to, to see, which is very important. And this is one of the skills of putting is reading a green, the art of reading a green. Um, and I think if I asked every single one in this group, would you rather miss hit a putt or misread a putt? What would you say? Hands up for misread. Would you rather misread or mishit? What feels worse than mishitting a putt, right? So a lot of people didn't raise their hand because they never mishit a putt. But yeah, it's, yeah, a cra- yeah, yeah. it's a crappy feeling, right, when you, when you miss the putt with just a little tiny stroke. So I want to start on the skill and the art of green reading. And you guys have already seen what I've done, so you can't answer this first question, okay? So I've got a, a ball right here that's eight feet away from this hole, and I've tried to find what Johnny Miller would call the the fall line, the straight line, and this is down the hill. This is eight feet away. On the PGA Tour, we have all kinds of data from this system called ShotLink. What percent of putts from eight feet do tour players make? Anybody want to take a guess? Who, Who said 50? It's just over 50%, right? And, and what it doesn't tell is, to, it doesn't tell the, play, the, the viewer if that putt's up or downhill. But from eight feet, it's just about 51, 52% of the field, the average. It's not the leaders. They do better than that when they win. So from eight feet, do you get mad when you miss a putt? Right. The best players in the world average 50%. Should you? Right? <laughs> but you want to. So... I always get the, the most commonly asked question, just one thing. Can I have just one tip? You know, like there's something on the shelf at CVS that you can go buy in here. It's going to help every one of you. But it's time, right? It's time spent doing this. The, the best players in the world started young, um, and they got better by learning different parts of the game. So you saw these putts go down straight, right? So if Johnny Miller calls this the fall line, and that was a straight putt, We'll call where my golf ball here is 12 o'clock. Close enough, I think. If I throw another ball down here at 6 o'clock, 8 feet away, let's call that. Let's pretend this is the same amount of slope going up the hill as it is down. Did I get it on the straight line? Does it look pretty close? Pretty close. All right. I'll go over here. So, if this ball is straight up the hill... And that ball's straight down the hill. And Mark putts the down-the-hill putt first at the same time I putt the up-the-hill. I'm going to ask a question. I don't want anybody to shout out the answer. I just want you to think of the answer. Mark's going to putt the downhill putt at the same time I putt the uphill putt. If we putt at the same time, don't shout it out. Whose ball gets there first? Everybody have an idea? Who thinks Mark's ball gets there first? The downhill putt. Who thinks the uphill putt gets there first? Why? Well, because you can use more momentum. You have to hit it. You have to hit it harder. So that ball has more speed than that ball. So even over the same distance on a fast putt, the uphill putt gets there first. I think that's an important thing to understand, right? You have to hit downhill putt softer. Does that make sense? Okay. So we know this putt is from 6 o'clock, and it's straight. If we move here to 5 o'clock, what does this ball do now? Curves, yes. Which direction? To the left. So as we have the clock, we're hitting from 5 o'clock. 
right? Does that make sense to everybody? As we move up to four, does it break more or less than five? And we're assuming it's on the same more, correct? And now we get to three o'clock. Does it break more than the five o'clock and more than the four o'clock? And it's the first putt now that goes uphill and then downhill, right? And if we went to the other side of the hole, seven o'clock, this putt's going to break to the right, correct? And we're just, we're assuming this is all the same amount of slope. So if I had a putt at seven and a putt at one, which putt breaks more if it's the same slope? That one's uphill, this one's downhill. You said same but reversed. Which one do you hit softer? The uphill, the downhill putt you hit softer, so it's going to break more or less? It breaks more. So the, one of the first things when you're understanding putting and greens and reading, uphill putts are hit harder, so on the same slope they break less, correct? That makes sense? So if you, if you had the ability to check out all the PGA Tour players' stats from four o'clock to eight o'clock, they're going to make a lot more putts from below the hole than above the hole. Make sense? Because they can hit it far harder. The downhill putts, you hit softer, so they break more. Wind can affect them more. Bad greens or bounces in greens and grain can all make them go offline. So having uphill putts makes golfers better, happier, until there's pressure. And then... Almost everybody says, if think about when you go to another course and you've been playing Old Palms Greens that are pretty fast or at 12, and then you go to some place that's 10. Harder or easier for you? Harder. To adjust to hitting it harder. That's something that's difficult for, for a lot of people. So I like to begin, if you had to read a green on a course by yourself, instead of trying to figure out it's one ball outside or two balls are outside, just figure out, first of all, is it up or down? And then... Is it left or right? So imagine you're driving down a country road and the single yellow lines on the top of that country road and you're on the correct side, the right side of the road and you putted down that road, which way is the ball going to break? You can say it. It's to the right. Now, if you passed a car and now it's going to break to the left, Danny, your tires on the left side are lower, the ball is going to break to the left. So now imagine you had a putt from the center of the right side of the road and the pin placements on the left side on the other side what's that ball going to do somebody describe to me jane you tell me so you've got balls down here and you're putting up there in the road the contour of the roads like that so the water drains so it's going to do a couple things right it's going to go up that hill break to the right until it gets to the summit and then it's going to start breaking left and down the hill Right? So understanding little things, like you can read greens while you're driving down the road. How much would this break? How fast am I going? That might make a difference. How fast is the ball going? Make sense? Yeah. Okay. So we just talked about green reading. So I would say here's a good test for you. You could do this on any hole or any practice green that has some slope. Most people have an alignment stick with them. If you don't, you could use a shaft on the longest club. I want everybody to get really good at finding the fall line. So I got to cheat, right? You guys, Rick, you saw me hit this thing a few times. So I'm right on the fall line. I'm on the fast side. I'm down the hill. 
But if you could get an alignment stick and say, okay, I think this is the straight part, then hit a putt. Did you do pretty good? And do you Because most people have tendencies um, when they miss. Some people miss putts more to the right. I was that guy. Some people meet more to the left, miss more to the left. Some lift, miss short, hate missing short. Some people miss long. So getting good at finding straight, if you can find straight, that's what I call it, it's easier to find break. So if you know where straight is, and I think sometimes it's more dramatic to see a downhill putt, because now when I come over here and I hit this putt, I know this putt is going to break. I can putt one-handed. Okay. So that broke to the left. If I putted that one, I know it's going to break to the right, but I have to hit it harder. So this one's breaking more. Um, I think it's important to talk about putters and I'm just going to go throw out some random tips and random ideas. Um, Yardstick. How long should a putter be? Um, I've, I've been teaching a little bit over at Jupiter Hills and it's a lot of times like couples are letting, like, nice, honey, have my putter. And the putter's like giant. So if you wanted to get a gauge and you stood straight up and you'd grab your wrist joint here, come here for a sec, hack. This is a great way to get a pretty good gauge. So stand straight. Look straight ahead, wrist joint, wrist joint to the ground. So I'm going to measure that. He's about 34 and a half. Is that about right? Mm-hmm. What length putter do you use? 34 and a half. 34 and a half. So it's not lucky. Um, mine's 35 and a half to the ground. The putter that I've used for 25 or 30 years, I didn't know any of that stuff. But it's a good idea if I like to make it not be the putter's fault. When the putter's way too long or too short, it can change the way you address or set up to the ball. Um, but we don't want to have any of that. So what kind of putter should you have? Um, and what's a putter do for you? All right, forget about the slope here. That's the straight line. Um, if I hang this putter like this, toe of the putter, heel of the putter, this putter has what somebody would say has a lot of toe hang. The putter hangs straight down like that. As putters have evolved, you know, we used to have all these putters have old blade putters were heel shafted. The shaft went right into the heel. Lots of toe hang. As we've started to see putters get cooler, Scotty Cameron circle tees, um, now you see like mid slant, different hosel. Um, and if you look at where this shaft goes into the head, it's just inside the sweet spot, so that's what allows for that 45 or so degrees of toe hang. And now you've seen a giant amount of players on both LPGA and PGA Tour use mallet-style putters. This is one of the most popular Scotty Cameron mallets that Patrick Cantley and Justin Thomas use. And see how the shaft is straight into the sweet spot with a different neck, and they call that a high bend. So that putter is called face balanced and aims straight up at the sky. So why am I telling you this? We have two very different styles of putters. And the theory is that a putter that has a lot of toe hang is easier when you take the putt to open and close the door, open and close the toe. With a putter that's face balanced, the theory is it's harder to open and close that. Um, 
there was a great putting instructor years ago uh, named Dave Peltz. He was the first guy to really go out and study short game and putting. And he had a contraption that made a player take a putting stroke where the putter would go straight back and it would always aim at the target line. And we know now that it was very incorrect what he was doing. When a, when a putter is swung now, because the putter doesn't hang straight down when you stroke it, it's off to the side. Mine's at 71 degrees. When, the, when a putter is swung back, it goes slightly to the inside. The face opens to the, to the target, and then it closes and squares up, and then it closes again. So the putter swings on an arc. That's not a theory. Um, the more upright a putter is, the, the straighter back it can be. Bryson DeChambeau, he, he takes his putter at 80 degrees and holds it really upright. So he has very little opening and closing the face. Right into the sun, this must be brutal. You want me to stand somewhere else? Um, out of your way. This is the boring part, but it's important. Um, my putter is supposed to open more and close more than this putter. Preference. It's, it's something that you, you get used to if... Um, Justin Thomas last year was struggling with his putter. He said to his putting coach, my face is opening too much. He was using a blade. What can I do about it? So his putter was open like eight degrees on a 10-inch backstroke. It should only open five. So they went to a putter like this. It was face balanced. And it started moving less open on the backstroke. Now, there's a problem with that because it happens on both the forward swing, the backward swing, and the forward swing. So he, now he had a putter that he was tending to miss to the right, and now he introduced a new putter that didn't open as much, but he was used to closing it a lot, so he started pulling. That's a bad deal, right? right. In, in, in golf, when you've played your best rounds and you've swung your, your best, you had the best, you usually didn't miss it both directions you missed it in one and the best putters in the world do the same thing they, they have a tendency to miss in one direction and that's always a good feeling when you start missing left and right that's a bad feeling um so covered a little bit putters covered um reading greens so there's two other skills starting the ball on your line that's a really important skill to have and I want to give everybody here something they can go home with and go, oh, that's easy to do. Um, and then distance control. That's probably the hardest thing. So let me pick on somebody who, um, there's a couple of good golfers in the back row over there. Is it harder to control your distance when the putt's downhill or uphill? Uphill. You have to hit it harder, right? But then downhill, the ball's moving longer time faster. Sometimes people say downhill. I think there's a preference to it. But if you wanted something easy to do, I have a, a dime here. Dan, let me borrow a dime. I'll give it back to you. All right. This is the easiest thing in the world to do. Very scientific. Two feet. How many putts in a row can you hit and hit the dime from two feet? I would say... If you could, you know, there's all these different apparatus and gates that you can hit it through. Here's your practice drill. You, everybody can get a dime or one of those small markers, you know, the little white markers. Can you hit five in a row and hit the dime five times in a row? 
and I want you to not putt to a hole when you do that. Just have the, the ball go about seven or eight feet. So can you hit five putts in a row, hit the dime? I don't care if it knocks it offline, but can you get pretty close to hitting it the same distance and hitting the start line five times in a row? Karen? Yeah, two feet. Two feet. So you've seen, I, how many training aids have That's a gate, the Pels thing? It's, it's four inches from you, right? So two feet's more realistic. Having it go a certain distance is something, but not trying to hole it. I, don't, I, I want it more to be on your start line than on how far you hit it. What's the reason for that? What's the reason? Because the, the goal is hit your start line. Okay. And it has to have some amount of effort or flow in the stroke in order to make it work. You know, it's easier to do it, I think, if you're seven or eight feet than if you're just trying to hit it at two and a half foot putt. So I, I think that's a good, reasonable goal, five putts in a row. And if you do it, thank you, I'm out of here. Um, we can find these on the range. Old Palm has them. I like this for a, for a drill. Um, I know sometimes Brenda told me the, the, in the, the women's matches here, there aren't a lot of gimmies, are there? People are a little selfish on those. So let's just say 33 feet's that distance. So have you ever heard of... Distance, what's that? What's the average, that's the average distance. For two putts, 33 putts. So if you've ever heard on the TV somebody say, this guy's strokes gained five or four, I'll, I'll explain it to you. This eight-footer, the tour player averages... 50-50, we're saying. So that's 1.5 putts, averaging 50-50. So if you make an eight-footer, you've gained half a stroke. So now you take that over the entire course of the round, adding and subtracting strokes gained. And at the end of the day, if you putted great, you had three or four positive. If you miss this, you lose a half a stroke. From 33 feet, from this ball to that hole, if you make this, you gain one full stroke. That's a big deal, right? 33 feet of putts. So if you eliminate three putts, how many people three putt, right? Everybody. (laughs) If you eliminate three putts, you're saving strokes. So we had five putts from two feet that hit the coin. How about five putts that get in between the alignment sticks? That's four feet to do it. A, A foot short, three feet. And Rich, you could do this. And putt up the hill versus down the hill and see what's harder. All right. Well, it's better to, it has a chance to go in if it's past the hole. So I allow, I like three feet by and one foot short, everybody's going to give you that putt. So it's a two putt, but without a chance to go in. So I favor getting it to the, well, I'd rather have you leave it a foot short than hit it into the garden. <laughs> right? And, oh, at least I didn't leave it short. Well, you've made a seven. I mean, right? I, yes, exactly. I mean, Rory McIlroy made a triple bogey yesterday on the 16th hole. Hit it in the bunker, left it in the bunker, duffed it out. Had a six-footer for bogey, three-putt. So everybody can do it. Doesn't it make you feel good? So that, I like that four-foot window, window, five putts. I think it's good practice. You can do it on any putting green you go to, right? Um, 
So I haven't hit a putt yet. I've talked for a long time. Does anybody have any questions before I start talking a little bit about Rich? I'm, I'm going to go. Prefer, you mean like the, this grip or the way you hold it? Okay, good, good. Um, I was just about to kind of go into what I like to see when I um, see a player. Um, Dan, let me have you be the guinea pig here. Do you get nervous doing this? I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to make you hit a putt. Um, All right, so let's just, I just kind of want to show somebody. Can you hold this conventionally? Right hand below left. Mm -hmm. So face them. So you're hitting the putt that direction up like you were going to line up to this ball. So when I see someone, um, so we, we talk about fundamentals, right? What are the fundamentals? How do you define fundamentals? And in golf, Tony, it's harder now to decide. Like, we used to think the grip is a fundamental. Now they tell you it's not. There's too many different ways people hold on to every club, never mind the putter. So is that a fundamental? Because I would define fundamentals as what most of the best do. I know that's a simple way to do it. But here's what I see with a right-handed golfer setting up with a regular grip, right hand below left. We call that conventional grip. So you, if you set up to it, I'm going to use you as the model, Dan. So the things that I see with the best putters in the world, the things that I like, that now I call them preferences because what I prefer, not what everybody's doing, I almost always see hip, knees, and ankles stacked. So putter's the shortest club in your bag. Most of the time, <laughs> used to be. Um, I like to see that your ankles hip width distance apart. I see that in most of the good players. You'll see a few players, Justin Su, Hideki Matsuyama, very wide stances, but not often. I tend to see most players with more weight on their lead foot, their left foot, if you're, left, if you're right-handed. And we measure that with swing catalysts. And most players have about 55% of their weight on their forward foot. Go ahead and stand there. Um, logo on the hat or your nose or the little button here. When... I like to see somebody where I can see the logo on the hat, the buttons on the shirt, and the zipper on the pants on pretty much a straight line. But because he's got his right hand below his left, the shoulders tilt. And there's about, you like to measure yourself, right? 8 to 12 degrees average on tour of that shoulder tilt because his right hand's below his left. Now you can see button on the top of the hat, and you can see placket of the shirt, zipper of the pants, pretty much stacked. A little bit more weights on his left side when he's standing there. When I look at the, the grip or the shaft, I like to see the butt end of the club pretty much over the top of the ball. Certain putters make that harder to do. I like to see the shaft closer to the inside edge of the left thigh than to the right thigh. So the ball position is one ball inside the left heel normally or close to that. If you were going to Pretend to putt that way. Mm-hmm. That's your dime right there. You can have that after this. Okay, so that the shaft is on a lie angle. Most putters are around 70 degrees, 90, 80, 70. Um, the USGA made rules that the putter can't be like a croquet mallet, which would allow you to swing straight back and straight through with the face always staying square. But because it's on what we call an inclined plane, when he swings this putter back, go ahead and swing it back, That putter now has gone to the inside of the target line, and the face is now aiming to the right. Without twisting 
the face open. You never want to have to twist the shaft, right? So that's on plane, we would call it. And see, the putter moves three-dimensionally. It moves backwards, upwards, and inwards. Backwards, upwards, and inwards. So it doesn't stay on the ground. And obviously that changes the longer the stroke is. In a perfect world, if we're measuring and the putter went back 10 inches, that face would open five. Now, how do you measure that? There's all different ways to do it. But if I see someone with their face twisted like that, that's one of the first things you'd want to work on. So the other things I like to see, like Dan has a really nice setup here. I see how his right forearm is on about the same plane as the shaft, right? And in a perfect world, the forearms are going to be parallel to his uh, toe stance line is to his, so that would be really nice to see that squareness. You don't see that all the time, do you? No. I mean, you, you've seen a lot, a lot of players putt with more open than closed, right? right? Sure. Um, and I, you, Dan, you got, you got a really nice setup. So, um, are you putting lefty? No, I'm putting right. Okay. All right. So some. So here's another thing. So. When you look at a player's when you look at a player's posture, see how his lower back is pretty nice and straight. When you get here to the thoracic spine, the the, the spine starts to bend and soften. You know, a lot of times we wouldn't think that's perfect posture for if you were going to lift something heavy, you'd keep your back straight. But here you allow the the upper spine to bend and the the thoracic spine so your neck i mean sorry cervical spine is getting close to parallel to the ground and one of the things i like about dan's setup is if you look at the bill of his cap it's pointing down his eyes are looking down so you don't want to be up here looking out of the bottom of your eyelids you want to and then when we look at eyes eyes over the ball most of the best players are on that very inside edge of the golf ball to the slightly to the inside We, we see some players use that string or chalk lines or mirrors and they want their eyes right over the top of the ball. I'm preferring Scotty Cameron's measured more tour players than anybody slightly inside that allows for that arc to happen a little bit easier. Um, so we never want the eyes outside the ball, I, eyes over the balls, uh, death, death yeah. move as Jim McLean would call it. All right. So you, you're pretty good here. Thank you for doing that. So rich asked about grip. Wait, wait, <laughs> So put your hands on the club again. So Dan has one of the most popular putting grips in the world. It's called a reverse overlap, um, where he's taken his left index finger off of the shaft, and every other, well, you do a double. On the, you, so he, maybe his is a little different. So the reverse overlap, nine fingers touch the grip. The left finger goes around for the ride here. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about this grip is, so the right finger here, that's your trigger finger. There's a little gap right there. And I love to see, this is preference, the thumb and that trigger finger are down the shaft about the same length. So when it's on the grip, see how my thumb and my right pointer are the same distance there, and there's a little gap there. So if you reached into your pocket and pulled the point out, you have a lot of feel here in your pinchers, right? Those are your pinchers if you're going to pick up something small on the table. That should be involved in the grip. That's really important. And I like that's important on both the left and the right side to have the thumb, rich thumb down the middle of the shaft, right thumb down the middle of the shaft. I never like to see the left thumbnail in a good grip. You'll see how you can't see that thumbnail. Again, preference, not 
I've seen some people like this when they turn their hand weaker to the left. Um, Jack Nicholas was like that. He was pretty good. He used a golf glove too to putt. I don't like using a golf glove. Um, but I would say that's the most popular um, conventional grip. I mean, I can get into all other grips. So grip pressure, right? That's a great question. Um, how hard do you hold on to it? So Dan, if you get up to hit this putt, um, there's a couple things that I, how I answer that. So one being the lightest, ten being the strongest. I, I've never heard a player, good putter, say I strangle it, right? I don't hold on to it. But Steve Stricker is a seven. Tiger is a seven in his left hand when he doesn't want to pull it. But most players I've talked to feel four and five out of ten. Now, here's the other thing that I like to do. So if you lift the putter head up into my hand, so now he's got, what, what do you like to say for grip pressure? I'd say it's around a five. Around a five. So now I'm pulling his push, pushing his putter right now, but his arms aren't letting me move this putter away and towards him. So let your arms get softer. So let your elbows flex, wrists flex. So now his arms just became softer and looser. So now when I let go of this putter, watch what happens. See how it fell. So good putters always have a good idea where the putter head is in time and space so they can feel this thing moving. And I like to feel like not only should your grip pressure be four or five, putting, not hitting a full shot, that your arms are soft. So now when you pull and push, you feel the weight of that putter and you want to be able to know where that is. So I like arms being soft, wrists being soft. So that that putter can do its job, which is to swing, it is to open and close, and it is to make solid contact, right? I feel equal four and five on both hands, but I feel like, me, personal, I'm way more right-sided when I putt than left-sided. If you're right-handed, I mean, we have all different kinds of things. Um, so the super-stroke grip, has become very popular probably since Jordan Spieth came along because they paid him a billion dollars to endorse the product. But um, do you sell a lot of super strokes? Um, I, I like the feeling of rubber on my hands. And that's like foam or cork. And I don't have anything to do with super stroke or I don't have anything to do with any grip company. But... There's a guy I know named Mike Bentley. Did you know Mike Bentley that started Blast? He started K-Vest. They take apart every grip made. Worst quality grip of all the putter grips is a super stroke. What? That's the problem. <laughs> so, Dan will sell a lot more groups that aren't super strokes. Every group, everybody's putter tomorrow. Isn't that funny? Um, Okay, anybody have questions about anything? I mean, this is what happens at these putting clinics, putting cocktail parties. Um, as soon as we finish, everybody comes up with their own personal problems. This is going to be, this is group, th this is group therapy. Let's, we got to get this out in the open. Brenda. Yeah, that's a great question. She asked, what am I looking at when I'm hitting a long putt? Um, I had a, a young player on the European tour a few years ago played over here named Tom Lewis, English guy. And he asked a question similar to that. Hey, when I have a big breaking left to right putt, what's the last thing you look at? It's a great question. You know, what do you do uh, on that kind of putt? And I said, well, first of all, 
when players are putting their best and they're unconscious, you're in that zony place that we all strive for. We get into for seconds, not days. You, you want to find that spot. I, my answer was when I, when I'm putting great, I don't know. I just have this complete picture captured in my mind of where this ball needs to start, where it's going to go halfway, and then how it's going to get into the hole. When things aren't clear, uh, and when you do have a big breaking putt like that, I like to simplify. How do we make things easier? So if this putt, let's just call this a five foot of break over 30 feet, which you would see on a lot of courses. I find the start line, like where you would put the tee from here, where you'd want the ball to start. I think it's easiest way for me was always to make a putt a straight putt not to try and make it more complicated than that and if you and I are playing in a tournament and we're reading a putt together um, and I pointed a spot what I like to do when I'm reading a green is I would like to point to a spot halfway to the hole which we would call the apex right you have the start line here's the curve of the putt the break of the start line would be here here's the apex the high point where the ball reaches, and then where does it go in from? So you change the center of the hole from 6 o'clock maybe to, what, 7.30 on that left to right break and putt. So I would start reading a putt with someone and say, here's about where I think the ball needs to be when it gets halfway to the hole. Um, But I wouldn't care if you looked at the starting line or at the apex. People sometimes get messed up when they talk about the apex because they forget the distance they have to hit it. Right? So that's why I like something out towards the hole that can be your last look. Does that answer the question? Mm-hmm. But um, one of the best practice exercises, I like the word exercise more than drill. Like drills, the connotation of drill is dentists get me out of here, right? It's a lousy word. So if, if you went on the putting green or any putting green you go to, with some slope and some speed. I, I, it wouldn't work on a six or seven stint metered green. But if you had a putt that said had a cup of break over six feet, I love to practice hitting those balls in at different speeds. You know, we get kind of tied up in the ball. What's the right speed the ball should go into the hole? Should it go 12, 14, 17 inches past the hole? I like to try and say, okay, what's the, the limit to how high I can play it? How firm can I hit it? How fast can I hit it? I want to see the ball going at different speeds, and then there's kind of that path the ball can go in, right? And it's a cone, and can you make it wide? I, I like to call it explore the boundaries. How, how ridiculous can I do? Tiger's chip shot on 16 at Augusta when it just fell in the hole. Can you hit one like that? And then can you smash one in? So you're playing a match, you're playing in the club championship, and you've got a par putt from six feet that if you miss, you lose the hole. You can afford to hit that one firmer. But if you've never done that before in practice, it's going to be hard to do out there on the course, right? And, and seeing a ball go in where it hits the back of the cup um, before it goes down, right? Or maybe you hit it so hard that it hits the back of the cup and goes up before it goes down. I, I was playing as a kid one time. My dad was following me around. And back then, they didn't paint the holes white. They didn't have gallery ropes, so they could stand by the edge of the green. And I would hit these putts from three and four feet pretty hard and they would rattle up in the air my dad would groan and finally dad what are you doing um well you know when you miss one of those you're going to have another one of those coming back and they're not missing dad you know but he was being the psychologist you got to be careful and it seems like most young guys do that right they they hit them firmer and and 
fast forward to my professional career. I'm playing at the Masters. Um, I was playing pretty well that year, and I'm on 17 on Sunday with a chance to finish in the top 10. Pins up on the back mound up there, the hardest hole location. And I had a three-footer for par back down this hill. I got Ray's Creek over there telling me it's going to break left. I got the slope looking like it's that way. Um, it's late, the shadows, people all around. And I went around to the other side of the hole to look at it, and I saw my dad down here looking, and I'm like, oh, my God. And it reminded me of how hard I used to hit putts as a kid. And I said, you know what? Jack Nicholas used to say, when in doubt, I'm just going to hit it harder and hit it straight. And I crushed this thing in the back of the hole as hard as I could. It would have gone off the green. I think I hit it so hard. And my dad went, oh, it was, it was, a, it was the same, same sort of thing. So, um, Tony, I've talked for a long time. I haven't hit a putt yet. Um, I, well, I did. I kind of hit a one-handed. I made a few. Um, Anybody have any other questions? Take the club back. So how do you get that angle forward? Okay, so I assume you're talking about the face where it's aiming. That's pretty important, right? Your start directions. That's the dime drill from two feet. Um, we've seen players over the history of time that take the putter back inside players that some have taken it outside. Some go straight back. Some open the face, some close the face. Um, players have been very successful all those ways. Um, and what, what I don't like now about today's technologies, when you go and get measured on Sam on Capto on, um, so many of these, uh, Quintech, you can see all the mistakes you're making, right? And Oh my gosh. So if the teacher doesn't know how to find a simple way to help you, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So I'm way more, uh, I think the importance of where the putter is when it hits the ball is way more important than where it starts or where it is in its journey to hit the ball. Um, so, right. So with consistency, that's the first thing I said is time, right? You got to practice this lessons help or can help. Um, we know that when, when the putter makes contact with the ball, you know, the putter rests on the ground when you start. The putter head rests, rests on the ground. And, and as it swings back, it leaves the ground. Then it gets lower. And when you hit the ball, the putter's about a quarter of an inch off the ground so that the sweet spot of the putter, the putter has a sweet spot, hits the sweet spot of the ball, right? Um, this is a new... Can I promote a product, Dan? Anything you want. So this is a new Titleist feature called Performance Alignment. Comes in four colors, so you can get blue, red, black, or green. Um, and you can line it down here. It's got a little tail and a little um, arrow. So I use it like this to hit it down my start line. But also, if you turned it this way, when the putter approaches the ball, it's pretty level to the ground, but it's off the ground. And then the putter starts to rise a little bit and gets a little bit off the ground. Um, and that's the release of the putter. So. The shaft starts close to vertical or vertical. When it's at the end of the stroke, the head of the putter has traveled farther than the butt end, and it gets back to vertical. And then when it passes, the head of the putter has traveled farther than the butt end. Make sense? So I call that the vertical release of the putter. And at the same time, you have a putter that's aiming straight at the hole, that at the end of the stroke, it's aiming to the right of the hole, then it's aiming straight at the hole, and then it's aiming left of the hole. That's the horizontal release of the putter along the ground with the vertical release all happening at the same time. We're adding fancy words and watching that, right? But that's what happens. Um, 
And you complicate things more when that face opens a lot or closes a lot. So we're, we're trying to take away, not take away hands, because hands are important. We're ta- trying to take away manipulating, twisting. So if I just let this putter swing between my fingers, that's kind of a true-looking stroke without just gravity taking over. So I like this idea of symmetry in the stroke, so that the putter's backstroke and follow-through are pretty close to the same. They're never going to be exact, but they can be pretty close. Um, the mistake I see, almost all the amateur golfers, and you, you would say this, Jackson, players take the putter back very slow, sometimes very short, and they have a long follow-through, and they have a huge change in direction, uh, and the acceleration is too fast, and it's really brutal for distance control, right? So I think this is a good visual for somebody to hit. You know, if, if that's, this putter's four and a quarter inches, from the ball, so that's nine inches back, nine inches through. Can you hit that putt nine feet? Uh, it would depend a little bit on the type of green you're on to do that. And can you manage that distance control um, through the distance the putter goes back and goes through? Um, and I, I kind of like this image being an old guy. In Rhode Island, we used to have a couple of bridges where they had tolls. And you had to drop your quarter in, and, and you kind of cruised through the toll, right? And you drop your quarter, and you were going... Eight miles an hour, eight miles an hour, eight miles an hour, eight miles an hour. And then you get cockier and you go maybe 10 miles an hour. But the putter doesn't need to keep accelerating to hit a putt the right distance. Unless it's going back really short and really low. Then it needs to get an extra kick. So I like this idea of trying to make your stroke symmetrical. Um, practicing that a little bit. Putting tees down is a pretty simple way to do it. Um, and I think maybe the, the last thing I would, I would talk about is a, is a philosophy I have of the idea of continuous motion. What is that? Um, and when you said something earlier, Tony, about staying athletic, instinctive, mm-hmm. um, I like to think of hitting a putt as something like a free throw. And if you think about some of the sports like golf where the ball's still and you have to get it into motion, a baseball pitcher, he's standing still. He has to start a motion to get the ball to go. Basketball free throw shooter, he doesn't have somebody coming out. Tennis serve, uh, a bowler. So I don't think I've ever had anybody come to have a lesson from me. I'm putting great. You can't believe how long I'm standing over it. You can't believe what I'm thinking about. I have a checklist that's a mile long. Right? We, I have directions I read on every putt on how to do this. And the difference can be amazing. Um, and you said McElroy early on. I started helping Rory six years ago, right before he went to play at Bay Hill. And I took a video of him from face on from over here. And I couldn't believe how static he was for a great player. And he had been working with a really smart coach. Now the good putters are showing up late. Um, and I, I'm like, Rory, go. you got to go. And I had him hit some putts with the toe of the putter like this. He had a, he had a blade putter back then. I had him hit some putts with a sand wedge where he kind of yeah, bladed it. And then I had him hit some putts with a five wood. And all of a sudden... 
He was looking at the hole, looking back to the ball and going. There was some continuity to that. And nobody tells you how to putt with a sandwich. There's no model like this is how you putt with a sandwich. Some people, when they do, here's the new SM10. They'll be available soon, um, the Vokies. Um, <laughs> what? Well, it depends if, you know, who you know, but you can get them raw. You, so some people would putt with a sandwich, soling the putter like that, and then lifting it up. Some people, like Ricky Fowler, would hold it off the ground like this and putt it like that. Um, and it just it kind of broke the ice with what he was trying to do. And this is what I was going to say. Manny Watkins, the grumpy old Ryder Cup captain, if you're going to miss it, miss it quick, right? Um, I kind of like this idea, and I learned a lot from Bob Rotella, the sports psychologist, when I first started playing the game. When your eyes come back to the ball, let that thing start. So when you've looked at the hole, now we talk about this concept of pre-shot routine. Pre-shot routine. What do you do before you hit your shot, hit your putt? For a putt, we would be reading that green. We would be seeing an image of where we want this ball to go. And then we would walk in towards the ball. We would have a practice stroke or two or none, depending on the player. Some have none. Um, some have one. Some have two. Um, when you walk in and put the putter down and you look at your, you're spending a lot more time looking at the hole than you are down at the target. And I think that goes along with this idea of continuous motion. So when you're stuck, when you're thinking about 10 things, I see people walk to the ball kind of wooden. Um, it's like they're going Death like marks. this and everything and they never look up. So one of my favorite players growing up to watch and then finally play against was Seve Ballesteros. Great short game, maybe of all time. When he would walk in, you could see him. The, the putter was loose in his right hand. He was like pumping his feet like he was coming out of the gate of a race. And he would walk up there and his eyes would be out looking at where he wanted this ball to go, whether it was a chip shot or a putt. And he'd take his practice stroke. A lot of times a practice stroke was looking at the hole. Sometimes it can get you away from awareness of where the putter is. You know, when you, how many follow the putter on the backstroke and then you're like, oh, it's so open. You know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, everybody likes Cashmere Keith. And he was working with his instructor, Parker McLaughlin, and he was hitting a putt from, say, 30 feet. And after he hit it, he, he had his eyes closed and he had to tell his coach where the ball was going to end up while it was in, you know, halfway to the hole. Oh, I hit that one a little off the heel. That's going to be short and to the left. And that's a good way to, to start working on feels and speeds. When you're playing in your group, sometimes you, you watch your partner hit a putt and you're going, oh my God, that's so hard, right? And you can tell right away that thing's going miles pie. That's a good way to understand and read feels and, and where, where you're watching. Even from the side, you know, if I'm watching you hit a putt, I like to say, oh, that's not going to get there, and see if what I see, the ball speed, registers to the green speed and how, how much. And even from the side, can you tell if it's going to miss right or left? I think those are things that can help a player with their trust and learning. What I call it, it's like putting IQ. How can we keep increasing our putting IQ to be better at this part? Right? Um, trying to think if there's any other magic I've forgotten. Um, I'm impressed with the turnout. Great, great, great. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, Dan, thanks for asking. Thank you. That was awesome.
awesome. Thanks, Coach. Got it. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at The Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and The Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Trickshawn Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf. I just want to remind everybody something that I forgot. Uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, my wife and I went out. We went to a wedding, and afterwards, with some friends, we were like, hey, where's a great place to go? I'll be honest, like... In my travels and day-to-day, sometimes I get caught up and I forget some of the great places right around the corner. But i got to remind you about the Ice Box Bar on 755 Monroe Street. I was blown away by just the whole vibe, the atmosphere, and with the Velvet Pig, the food in the back room and the big screen TVs up front. We sat there and watched some playoff games. I was blown away by the atmosphere, the vibe, and just how cool it was to have the Ice Box Bar right here near the Dew Sweepers downtown, near where I live. You're looking for a great place to go sit, watch some games, hang out, play some pool. you got to go to the Icebox Bar right there on Monroe Street. There's a good chance you'll see all of us hanging out. Do yourself a favor. Go visit the Icebox. It's one of the best places out there. Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero. And look, recently, several teachers I know and several players have had some scares with skin cancer. In fact, I recently went and saw a dermatologist here in town, and I had a couple things frozen off, eyelid, my face, my earlobe, and not getting any younger. And I know I know it's getting to that time of the season where it's cooler, but look, being in the sun is a real deal, and I've not been very good, to be totally honest, my whole career at using it at all because I didn't like how greasy it was, how hard it was to get off your hands, how it clogged up my pores. And then I found this sunscreen, Visor Skin Care. It's clear. It goes on. It doesn't dry you out. It isn't greasy. It's like you didn't put anything on it. By far, it's the best sunscreen I've ever used. Without a doubt, is the easiest to use. And we've got a discount code for all of you. All you have to do is go to visorskincare.com. Just use our code word, Dewsweeper. Visorskincare.com, code word, Dewsweeper.